As we come into this, what could be seen as a closing portion of our retreat, is the beginning of our year of practice with these resolves. And my heart and mind, body, all together, not separated, nothing vilified, is feeling very, very touched by this time together. Such a short time and to feel this sense of sangha and community and care, compassion, wisdom. What, what amazing fortune that we have to be held in this Dhamma. This community, this lineage. We're on the path. We are the path. And we have work to do. So we'll return again to where we left off before the walking meditation. And um, there was a few questions remaining from the last period. So we'll just um, go to those before some, some other bits. Thank you, Jim. Um, this question is in the chat. Um, can you say anything about how to deal with PTSD-driven sudden intense anger reactions that seem to be arising for a new practitioner outside of the formal sitting. Uh -huh. um, There was a time in my life when I thought Dharma was everything, could heal everything. And in a way that's true because I see the Dharma in everything. And I know that I need therapy. <laughs> My partner and I have a counselor support where we, we work and look more deeply. And I have a personal therapist. And um, yeah, so I, I want to 
acknowledge that um, finding other supports, things like um, PTSD and what other folks have mentioned of ancestral trauma and that uh, we all have experienced in to different degrees and different variations and you know that uh, there's also other ways of attending and looking deeply that might need to be explored. <clears throat> and uh, the question of anger <laughs> is also a close friend has been in my life. And it's actually really related to what I was going to talk about in some of the closing remarks. So maybe I'll just uh, do a little mashup of that uh, in the moment. Hmm. Oh, we're, we're we can tend to be so quick to get rid of dukkha, <laughs> of course, because it's so painful. These painful mind states, these painful states of heart, painful states of body, reactivity, judgment. <sighs> Aversion to states of mind. We uh, subtly or not so subtly want to quickly fix and get rid of. And to see that dukkha is a gateway to liberation. It's probably what brought most of us to the practice in some form or another. Something is painful in our lives. We want ourselves to be some other way. This constant self-improvement project that is the human being. And we first need to turn toward, to really know the pain of what we're holding on to. And even when we're trying to push something away, that's the same as holding on, right? It's still pushing or holding, same, same, opposite side of the coin. What is being, yeah. And so when we turn towards with compassion, our theme today is responding. Our first day was resting and then turning to joy, rejoicing. And today is responding to the suffering of the world and the suffering of this heart, body, mind. And when we really see the suffering of it, really know the suffering of it, letting go happens. Watch if we're too quick to just like, how do I fix it? Tell me quickly, because this is so painful. And really, um, 
Feel how painful it is to be angry. Especially anger that's directed at others. The Buddha described it as picking up a hot coal to throw at someone. That's burning me. And it, I, I mentioned that this, I resonate with this. Uh, my very first meditation retreat, which I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> and I'm so grateful because I probably wouldn't have gone if I'd known. It was a 10-day Goenka retreat. And it was so painful. Ooh, painful in the body and painful in the mind. And because of the form of the retreat, just like, honey, just be quiet, sit down, be still, and pay attention. There wasn't any distraction, like here on our home retreat where we have so many other pulls. There, you know, couldn't call a friend or nag on rag on somebody or or how it was or you know there was no substances to abuse and distract etc and just so it just grew and grew and grew this pain this pain this pain and then it came out as rage of course not at me but everyone else at everything else all of that is so wrong. And, uh, but it was all in my mind and it just grew and grew and got, uh, as someone was, was um, mentioning earlier, the furious folly. Yes, that. It was like, wow, hell realms, hell realms in the mind. Just all the worst case scenarios, all the vengeful thoughts, just wow. As big as it could possibly get, absolutely overtaking everything. And then there was a moment that arose of awareness that was like seeing the pain of all of that creation of whoa, I created all that. I just created those hell realms within my own heart, body, mind. They just said, sit down, be quiet, pay attention. In that moment of whatever labels we want to put on it, awareness, grace, release, the letting go happened. So not so quick to fix it, get rid of it. Of course, we're not going to 
act out. We're, we're not, we have our precepts. So work with your precepts every day to uh, not cause harm with our speech and actions so that we don't act out on these mm, root defilements they're called, this, this conditioning as others uh, talked about, ancestral infinite conditioning and to turn towards it and see, oh my gosh, that is so painful. That's so much suffering. Really feel the burning in your heart. Really feel it. And in this way, when we really know the letting go happens, sometimes all at once, sometimes to some degree, and we begin again the next day, we begin again the next moment, we begin again. And there was um, also just want to uh, give a little shout out to Astrid. There's a comment in um, in the comments for you if you could check that out. Um, yeah, and the, there was someone else that had a hand raised or something earlier. Was there anything else again? Yes, I think Arlene had a question. Arlene, um, mm -hmm. you could unmute yourself. I just, something that was shared, um, there were three Christmases ago, uh, my son and my daughter were so mad at us and would not let us see them or the grandchildren or anything. And we lived quite close to them. And I was so shocked, it came out of nowhere. And I thought, what do I do? I was so angry, I was so hurt. And then I thought, what if I pour love on them? What if I pour love towards them and write cards and I don't know if they'll be delivered, but I'll write the cards. I'll give presents when it's their birthdays. I'll do what I can to be kind and loving and open hearted. And um, my daughter wrote terrible letters to me during this time. It was just very, it tore my heart apart. But this Christmas, she sent me a Celtic, we've sort of reconciled, and she sent me a Celtic knot mm. that she worked on for 30 hours. And mm. she said she poured positive thoughts and she was meditative while she worked on that. And I think I have no influence, but the concrete was there. So just a testimony to doing with intention, it was powerful beyond measure. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Arlene, that's beautiful. And I would also in include in that um, beautiful teaching for all of us to pour that love and compassion to ourselves as well, 
as in relation with others. That uh, the pain of that, the heartache, the grief, the fear, to include ourselves in that self-compassion. and ourselves in relation to others. That's a beautiful example, Arlene, that Sharon Salzberg also teaches, uh, has shared when teaching a urban retreat in a city and uh, would often invite the retreatants to practice in public space practice metta, practice loving kindness, benevolence, friendliness. And yeah, and there, there's several profound stories of how people just doing this silently in relationship with others, thinking, oh, this is, that person is this and this, that person is this and this. That's not making any difference. This isn't doing anything. But also to watch, like, are we trying to fix others? And, um, you know, and, and, and that how the person do, doing the practice is transforming their own heart in relation to others. And this is what's seen and felt. And others respond and say, hey, you know, have, have approached and said, I'm having a hard day, would you pray for me? You know, this person that she thought was just like such a hot mess of stress. And uh, yeah, there's many examples like this. Hmm. Uh, anything else? Um, Serena is waving again. Is that okay to go with that? Yes, I have a comment. Uh-huh. Yes, I really enjoyed the video that we all saw earlier because I could relate to that so well, because when I was younger, I noticed how I was having like a battle between my mind and my heart. And I was thinking, you know, I'm noticing this, but my mind is so much stronger. It's always going to win. So, you know, I was praying to change that. And then I got on a spiritual path sometime later. So I'm noticing how this is changing. And I like what he said about living in the lungs, because January of last year, I've noticed that I have become way more short of breath lately uh, than I have. And I don't know if it's related to COVID. I could have been exposed to that before it was announced. Mm. Um, and so it's just gotten a little bit worse. And, and I think it's, you know, my first thought was when that COVID thing was announced, it was, this is a spiritual awakening for our planet. And, and I, you know, you can choose to believe, you know, the medical stuff, which I'm sure is not right, too. But I kind of think that the world is trying to balance itself from all the, the chaos that's on it. It has to have some positive, uh, 
you know, direction for the inhabitants on it. And one way to do that is just to focus on the breath. So it's giving us good reason to do that by affecting our lungs. What a perfect solution. I can't help but just, just think like that. Well, that's what I need. I mean, that's what I'm getting from it. So it mm -hmm. works for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you're finding yes. uh, teachings and directions in what's, what's happening in our world. I was talking to someone earlier today about, you know, this idea like things are like this right now. It's so whack. It's a freaking pandemic. And there's so much violence and so much hatred and greed and delusion. The world is really out of balance right now. And I was like, yeah. Also, 2,600 years ago, in the time of the Buddha, this isn't like now. This is, this is part of this impermanent, unreliable, ever-changing, not personal experience. There was war and separation and abuse and power way back then and all through the times. And as uh, you know, was wisely pointed out by someone this morning, what's our response, our choice? How do we respond? This is where we, this is, this is our path, our practice, transforming this heart, mind, body in relation to all beings. Hmm. Let me just see where our time is. Um, was there any other questions or I'll just go on with we don't have any questions at this point Jill and I do request um, everyone you may have more questions coming up for later um, and uh, we can share Jill's information if you would like to get in touch with her for uh, later contact thank you Jill okay thank you Yes, um, thank you for that, Gagan. I, I am available um, to the best of my ability, so um, you're all welcome to be in touch. <clears throat> so this uh, intention for today of responding to, you know, what to how it is in this, this world, this being, these relationships, so painful. And this is the first noble truth. Yay. <laughs> this is part of this experience is there is suffering here. 
And win-win, there's three more noble truths. Keep looking deeply. There is a cause. Where is the clinging? Look deeply and deeply and more deeply at what is being clung to and you may find the self underneath it all. Everything we want and don't want in others and in the world is very related to who we want to be. And when there's a cause, if we take away that condition, there can be the non-arising of dukkha. And we have a path. And time is precious. Opportunity is lost. Let us awaken. Remember your resolve, our determination. Continue to work with that New Year's resolve. Look deeply. What action, what response that the insights, the clear seeing of the nature of things asks for response, asks for we're not in isolation. We are agents. We are affecting all beings. So to bring the support of our values, our ethics, our precepts that we began the retreat with, bring them into your daily life. And compassion is the quivering of the heart in response to the suffering we see in ourselves and in others. Just like uh, joy yesterday, we were talking about joy. It has a near enemy and a far enemy. Compassion also has a near enemy, which means something that seems a lot like it. It could easily be confused as true compassion in our minds. And there's two kind of parts to the near enemy of compassion. One of them is pity. Oh, I'm so sorry that's happening to you. That's so awful. Can you see as soon as your heart says that, there's separation. Oh, Oh, that's happened. Oh, <laughs> there's a version. The heart has been touched. And then there's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're just over. And it creates an inability to respond. 
if there's a contraction, there's a you and me and not, not seeing this is a nature, dukkha. And responding. Another near enemy, which is pretty ripe these days, is righteous anger. <laughs> righteous anger. Do you feel the self that comes here? I am right, and this is my righteous anger. And again, it creates a separation. There's a fear in it. And to, again, check it out with the body. When we, to know, is it a near enemy? If it's draining your energy, if it's uh, exhausted with compassion, Check it out. Is it a near enemy of compassion? Of course, a far enemy of compassion is cruelty. And this is, uh, you know, what many are speaking to of this contagion of Racism, sexism, homophobia, slavery, oppression, colonialism. This is all the absence of compassion, the far enemy of compassion. And compassion is the antidote to cruelty. Compassion is the response. The skillful presence, actions, engaging in our world and with ourselves. <laughs> Start here. Mm. So being intimate with this, your most intimate life partner, this being, this is the one you've been looking for, your most intimate life partner right here. Being intimate and aware with our being is also an action. It's a response to suffering. Joseph Goldstein said that our practice is about the transformation of consciousness, awareness, that makes compassionate responsiveness the default setting of our lives.
to see what happens when we're experiencing dukkha. Do we point the finger at others, blame others, blame the situations, blame ourselves? Hmm. Distract ourselves, numb ourselves. Shopify and game ourselves. And to look at dukkha as a gateway to liberation, turn towards it. What is the suffering here? What needs attending? What needs compassionate attention right here in this heart, mind, body? And then we respond to ourselves, to each other, to the world. Agents, we are agents of change. Compassion is a verb. And it really does begin with attending to this being, to ourselves, is like standing on solid ground to pull someone from quicksand. If we're also in the quicksand, we're all going down. So part of our response, our compassionate response, is continuing with this practice that we've begun or revisited this on this short retreat, short and deep retreat <laughs> of resting. You know, our systems are in such hyperdrive, such a fight, flight, freeze, fawn. We're all like so activated that we can't be skillful in responding. We first need to soothe this savage beast, rest, calm down, create as much safety as we can in our unsafe environments for many of us. Also remembering the skillfulness of rejoicing, as Richard Wagamese pointed and the Buddha pointed. Uh, to Because of our negativity bias, it's built into this human animal. The brain actually wires more towards negativity to survive. And we're also doing okay surviving. So now we can retrain some of these habits and it takes will it takes intention to cultivate turning towards beauty peace and joy and it's part of the path it's when it's not done as spiritual bypassing mm -hmm. uh, i was speaking last night about the aspects of the resolve determination aditana that require will the parts of the path that require intention 
and will. And one of those four pieces, I'll say them again, the first was discernment, which is <clears throat> really checking in, do I believe it's possible for me to be free from dukkha? And then looking closely at the Four Noble Truths, the discernment, this takes intention and will to reflect on the Four Noble Truths. Where's the suffering here? Where's the clinging? Feeling that and, and being on the path. Truthfulness also requires intention and will. This again is our precepts. Uh, Self-honesty. You know, there was some beautiful, profound honesty shared here in our circle on this retreat. This is such a gift. Really. Mm. Yeah. And to look uh, with truthfulness at our intentions. And do, is our intention really to be right? <laughs> or to fix others? Or to whatever, whatever, all the things. Look deeply. The third aspect of that requires will and intention on the path is relinquishment, renunciation. Nakama in Pali. And this includes material goods. All that we hold on to create our comfort and our bubble has the condition of fear to it. Because if it's mine, somebody could take it. And I don't want to lose it. So the more we can let go, not only are we supporting others and being in interrelationship with others, We're freeing our own hearts and minds. Another thing to relinquish is unskillfulness. In our speech, actions, thoughts. And the last part that uh, requires resolve, determination, will, is um, peace. Sukha, peace. Tanisaro Bhikkhu said that uh, the Buddha did not say we just have Buddha nature. It's all going to work out. We we're on a path. We we this requires responding, wise action, and peace is something we undertake to cultivate through the path. From patience and with equanimity, cultivating equanimity, which is mm, the culmination of the path in many ways. Mm -hmm. Okay.
I'm so touched and so grateful for your presence here. I'm so deeply supported by True North Insight and by dear Gagan and Elizabeth, Viviana, Muriel, Janet. None of this conditioned arising would be without all of these infinite beings and especially each one of you. What a remarkable choice you made to show up here for yourself and to show up here for each other. Remarkable. This gives me great hope. Thank you. So we'll end that recording now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.